We are still going boldly. We started this three weeks, two weeks ago. This is the third week, and it was going to be a one-week thing, and we're three weeks in, and we may be four weeks in next week, but that's okay. We're starting the new year off, and we're just uh, talking about a few different things, about the uh, future of the church, our vision going forward. Uh, And we talked about the first week, really, what the goal of the church is, and not just Enterprise Baptist Church, but the church that is the Bride of Christ, that is all Christians. Our goal is to go and to reach lost souls. That's it. That's our, that's our goal is to love people, to reach those who are in need, to tell people about the love of Christ. And so that is what our mission needs to be. And we wanted to make sure, or I wanted to make sure as a church, that, we, uh, that, that that was reinforced, that we don't forget that, that we don't forget that we have a mission. Sometimes it's easy for us to do that, and that's, that's just part of life. We get in routines, and it's easy for us to come and enjoy being in fellowship with one another and, and, and coming and having a good time and singing and eating and loving, and those are all part of being a Christian and Christian fellowship. But sometimes we need to be reminded that, that our, our goal is not just to be in these, in these walls. Our goal is not just to have good, loving relationships with one another. While those are part of what we do as Christians, we never need to lose sight of what we're called to do. We come in, we come together, we fellowship, we read God's Word, we're taught God's Word and, and different Bible studies, but all of those things are to equip us, to help us to grow in our relationship with Christ so that we can be able to go out and tell others about Jesus Christ. I challenged you guys a couple of weeks back, and I want to reinforce this challenge again. Invite someone to church. Invite someone to church, not just someone who maybe goes to another church or, or maybe someone who's already a Christian, but someone, we don't know anybody's heart, but maybe there's somebody out there and you just don't know. You don't know if they've accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. You don't know if they're going to a church somewhere. The best way to get someone to come to church is to ask them to come to church. And I believe that if we are faithful about doing that and, and, and asking people, saying, hey, I want you to come, I want you to come and worship with us. And who knows? They may just come. The reason why people may not come may be because we're not inviting them. And I, I would say that we're all probably guilty of that at some point in time in our life. And we need to be uh, more, more forward thinking and be, uh, be more aggressive in saying, hey, I want to invite you to come to church. And think about it. When is the last time that you have invited someone to come to church? Now, I'm not just talking about a fellow Christian who goes to another church and you've invited them uh, to come to a singing. I mean, those are, those are good. We want to do those things. But when's the last time you saw somebody on the street or ran into somebody and you said, I don't know if they're plugged in somewhere. I'm going to invite them to come and be part of this fellowship. And we need to do that. We need to try to be, uh, we need to try to be aggressive. Maybe that's not a good word, but uh, we need to make sure that we are trying to get people to come into God's house to hear God's word. We talked last week about some dangers that we need to be aware of as a church. There are many, many ways that Satan tries to come in and tries to get us off track. And we talked about uh, three of those dangers last week. We talked about uh, being complacent. 
when we talked about the idea of feeling like we've gotten to a spot where we're just kind of good enough, where we've arrived, we've gotten to where we need to be, and we're kind of happy with where we're at, and we're just going to stay right there. And that's a, a danger that we see both the Israelites face in the Old Testament, and even Jesus as he's talking to the church of Laodicea in Revelation uh, chapter 3, I think is where that's found, where he's talking about, look, I wish you guys were either hot or cold, but you're neither. You're just kind of lukewarm. You're just kind of right in the middle. And Jesus tells the people of Laodicea, you either need to get hot or get cold because I'm going to spew you out if you stay lukewarm. And we don't want to be just a lukewarm church. We don't ever want to fall into a situation where we are just lukewarm. We also don't want to become legalistic. That's another thing that, that another way that Satan can, can get churches off track is to get us uh, going through motions and checking all the boxes as we talked about last week without really ever having a deep relationship with Jesus Christ, without ever really digging deeper, without ever really coming seeking the Holy Spirit to speak into our heart, without ever really coming to listen to God's Word or listen to what's being taught in Bible study, but just kind of coming because, well, it's Sunday and I'm supposed to be here and I just need to be here, and if I do all that, everything's okay. And we don't ever want to just come to church just to come to church. And so well, that's one of the things we talked about last week. And third thing we talked about last week was knowing our culture. That is being relevant with the times. We don't ever want to twist or bend what Scripture says to, to, to try to cater to what the culture says because what the world and the culture says oftentimes is very different to what God's Word calls us to. But at the same time, there are things in our culture and, and fashions and trends and, and things that take place that as a church we need, to be, uh, we need to be aware of what's going on in our culture and what people in our world uh, are, are getting into these days and how we make and reach them in different ways than we did in the past or different ways that we will have to do it in the future. And those are some of the things we talked about in the last couple of weeks. And I know that's kind of a lengthy introduction, but I want everybody to kind of know where we are as we're going through this little mini-series of Going Boldly. Today, Lord willing, I won't promise, but we, we may talk about a few practical areas and just a few things that we will consider. But before we get there, we will be in 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7 through 11. 1 Peter 4, 7 through 11. If you got it, say got it. Got it. All right, that's a lot of got it, so I like it. Let's pray and we'll dig in. Father God, we come to you this morning. I thank you for these good words and I pray that you help me just to say what I need to say. And when you're done, dear Lord, with me, just help me to be quiet, not ramble on. Help me to make sense. Help me just to say everything that, that your Holy Spirit lays on my heart, dear Lord, so that you would be glorified in these words, God. Help us to have ears to hear and hearts to hear and help our, 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 our heart just desire to go and do your work. So I pray that you just speak to us through these words today. Let us hear you, God. In Jesus' name I ask it. Amen. 1 Peter 4, verse 7. Now the end of all things is near, therefore be serious and disciplined our prayer. Now, this is good advice to us. Now, obviously, when uh, Peter was writing these words, he's saying the end of all things is near. We don't know when the end of all things is going to be, but there will be a time. And as long as we're on this earth, we need to be about God's work, and we need to be serious 
and discipline for prayer. We need to be serious about doing the mission that Jesus Christ has called us to, and that is to reach other people. We need to be in prayer over that mission. We need to be disciplined to be in God's Word. We need to be studying with one another so that we can be better discipled and better learned in what God calls us to so that we can go and do God's work. Above all, now listen at this. Now this is good stuff right here. Above all, maintain an intense love for each other since love covers a multitude of sins. Now that's good stuff right there. He says be serious about your mission. Be serious about all these things that are going on. But above all, maintain an intense love for each other. Now, that's good advice for us as a church, as a community of believers that comes together. But that's also, I believe, important for us as we go out into a world that needs to know about the love of Jesus Christ, that needs to know about the grace that is offered through Him. Above all, above everything else, love is precedent here in this passage. Since love covers a multitude of sin. That's good stuff right there. Isn't that true? Don't we see that played out through what Jesus Christ did on the cross? Is there any greater love than a man giving his life for his friends? That's exactly what Jesus did. The answer to that question is no, there is no greater love than that. And we are reminded of that here, that love covers a multitude of sins. Think about the multitude of sins that you have committed in your life. Some of you may be saying, oh, I don't have a multitude, maybe one or two here and there. No, I'm telling you, you got a multitude of sins. They've been stacking up since before you could remember when you was lying and stealing and cheating and talking about people and doing all these things, getting angry, all these these things that we do in our lives, they've just been piling up just a multitude of them. And love, that is the love of Jesus Christ, has covered that multitude of sins that we have committed. That love is what will cover the multitude of sins for those lost souls who we are trying to win to Christ. When we tell them, Jesus loves you. Jesus will cover your sins. Jesus will forgive you of your sins. Above all, be serious about our work, but above all, maintain love. And remember that a love covers a multitude of sins. Verse 9, be hospitable to one another without complaining. That's important. That's important when we come here and worship on Sundays. To be hospitable to one another. Have you ever not been hospitable to somebody in your life? Probably so. I'm sure at some point in time, we have all had days where we just hadn't been very hospitable. Because let's just be honest. We're all, we're all coming to church here. Hopefully everybody here loves the Lord. But our lives are still a mess some days. We got stuff going on and this goes on and that goes on. And some days you just don't feel like being very hospitable. And we need to be on guard that we are hospitable. On those days where it's the hardest, we need to pray to God twice as much and say, God, help me to be hospitable with my brothers and sisters in Christ. Because here's what will happen to us. If we come together as brothers and sisters in Christ, and you're having a bad day, and somebody comes up to you, and you're not hospitable to them, you jump all over them. Pretty soon after that happens with a couple of people, you lose a good loving atmosphere in a church, and you get people that are just grumbling and complaining. 
And we have to be on guard as that as individuals that we uh, don't do that, that we don't, uh, we don't have that attitude, that we don't come in and we are not hospitable to our brothers and sisters in Christ. But that also applies when we go outside of these walls, when we leave through these doors, when we go out into the community, that we are hospitable to people, that we are not complaining to people. You guys have probably heard this before, and we, we may have all done it at some point in time, so we need to be careful. Have you ever been somewhere before, and you were out eating, and you heard some people at the next table behind you, and they were talking about church, and they were talking about somebody in the church, and what was going on in the church, complaining about everything that was going on? Now, do you think that they were bringing glory to God by that conversation? No. Do you think that they're going to win somebody to Christ if there's someone sitting on the table over and then after they're leaving the restaurant, they see them outside and they say, let me tell you about Jesus. Do you think that that person is going to be able to effectively minister to those people? Well, absolutely not. Because what they've heard is somebody complaining about church, uh, somebody talking or gossiping or whatever it may be. And these are things that we need to be aware of. Our hospitality and our, and our eagerness to love people needs to spread outside of these doors so that what people see in us is something that is inviting, something that is, that is warm and loving, something that people see and say, wow, there's something about that person. I want to listen to what he or she has to say. And hopefully what we have to say is Jesus loves you. Is Jesus died on the cross for you. Jesus can forgive you. Come to church with me. Let's study God's words together. Come learn more about who Jesus is. Come be discipled and grow in the Lord so you can do God's work. So you can experience that grace through Jesus Christ and you can carry on the work. Verse 10 Based on the gift each one has received, use it to serve others as good managers of the varied grace of God. Isn't that good stuff right there? Based on the gift each one has received, use it to serve others. Now, I don't know what everybody's gift is. We are all gifted and have abilities and talents in different ways that God uses us. But the text here says no matter what your gift is, use it. To serve God. Now answer that question, not out loud, but to yourself. Whatever you believe that your gift is, or your talent is, or your strength is that God has given you, are you using that to serve others? And if we're not using our gifts and abilities and talents to serve others, then we need to begin to seek the Lord and ask Him to reveal and show us areas where we can do that, where we can do that better, where we can say, okay, God, I'm just wasting my gift and my time on something for me. Instead, God, help me to use my gifts and my time, not in a wasteful way, but in a way that is going to build your kingdom so that we can use those gifts to serve others. And we need to reflect and we need to ask ourselves the hard questions. That's hard to do, right, as Christians? Sometimes it's hard for us to ask ourselves the hard questions because we don't want to have to answer the true answer. Because deep down inside, when we ask ourselves the hard questions, we know what the truth is. And sometimes the truth is not what it should be. Sometimes what the answer is to our question is not what it should be. Sometimes the way we're living our life is not the way that we should be living our life. If anyone speaks, it should be as one who speaks God's words. 
If anyone serves, it should be from the strength God provides, so that God may be glorified through Jesus Christ in everything. To Him belong the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Now that's good stuff. Everything we do, we need to be giving the glory to God. Everything we do as individuals and as a church, it is to bring glory to God, and we need not forget that. That needs to be our focus. That needs to be on our mind. That needs to be in our hearts as we do, do, do ministries, whether on an individual level or whether it's on a church level. Whatever we are doing, we need to be reminded that we are doing it for the glory of God. We need to realize that we're not doing it for the glory of Enterprise Baptist Church. We're not doing it for the glory of Shan, or we're not doing it for any of our glories, or at least we shouldn't be. But whatever it is that God has called you to, whatever it is that He has gifted you in, whatever grace you have received through Jesus Christ, which is all of it, any grace you've received is, is through Him, whatever you've received, whatever gift you have, whatever you do, you need to do it for the glory of God. And as a church, when we do things, we do them for the glory of God. Now, as we, as we look forward into the future, I want everybody to remember that. If you serve in this church, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, to not forget that we are doing everything for the glory of God. Now, there are a few practical ways, kind of shifting gears here just a little bit. There are a few practical ways that, uh, that, that, that we can be do things better as a church. And that is, one of those things is we want to be efficient. We want to make sure that things that we are doing, one, are bringing glory to God, but two, aren't a waste of our time. There are sometimes things that maybe we could get in a rut and we can do, and not just our <coughs> church, but any church, uh, things that, that we may be doing, and we need to look at those things and say, are we being efficient in ministries that we carry out? Are we being efficient just in overall runnings of the church and how things are, are run, how things are done? Because we don't want to be wasting time. As a church, we have a job to do. We want to do God's work. We want to do God's will. But what we don't want to be guilty of is, is wasting time. What I want to see us do as a church is to be more efficient in things that we do, to make things easier for those of you who serve, to make things easier for those of you who God has gifted and called to take part in certain ministries and take part in certain things. And if there are things that we do as a church that waste time or don't bring glory to the Lord, uh, but rather make us legalistic or make us complacent, then those are the types of things as a church that we need to reflect on and we need to say, are we being efficient? Are there things that we are doing that aren't necessary when we could be using our efforts and times and energies on things that would be necessary? And you guys have heard me say this over the last uh, few weeks as church council. We are reflecting on and looking at a lot of those things. And we are going to continue to do that. And I would encourage you as a church to be in prayer for those who are in leadership of this church. For those of you who are in leadership of this church, that's those of you who are, who are carrying a position uh, Perhaps the Sunday school director or the discipleship uh, training director, uh, the music minister, uh, you teachers who are, who are teaching classes, all of those in the church who are in a leadership position, 
It's important for us if we hold a position to examine those things and look at those things and see if we're being efficient and if we're being effective in our ministries. Are we reaching people in that way? Why aren't we reaching people in that way? What could we change to reach people better? And we haven't really been, I don't believe, uh, as efficient as we could be as a church. Uh, because we kind of, through the years, we, uh, we get these set positions and we, and we kind of, for lack of a better word, we just we get lazy. We kind of coast by instead of really digging in and saying, okay, what are some areas that, that, that we may could do a better job? And so I challenge you, if you're, if you're a leader, if you're over something, if, you're, if you hold a position to really think outside of the box, to really uh, look at what's going on with whatever you may be over, no matter how major or how minor uh, that may be in your opinion, anytime you hold a position or are doing something for the Lord, it's a big deal, and we want to do it uh, to the best of our ability. And so we want to make sure that we are efficient in the things that we do for the Lord. Another thing that we want to try to do a better job of going forward is to go through the proper channels. And you say, well, what do you mean by that? Well, we have this, we have this church structure that we go by. And whether it's good or whether it's bad, I'm not sure. I'm still trying to figure out. You know, we've got committees and we've got all this stuff. And then there's part of me that says, well, we need to throw all that out. And then there's part of me that says, well, no, we need to have this structure. So I'm still trying to figure it out. I have been for years. What's the best? Is this the best thing for us? Well, I think it's good to have some structure. Now, the church is not a business, and we need to realize that. The church is not a business, and sometimes we fall into uh, the trap of wanting to run the church like it's a business, and it is not a business. Now, there are aspects of the church, with that being said, that are run like a business. And as a result of that, there are uh, as, as a structure that we have, and there are people who are over certain committees and certain groups and we want to try for the next few months, for the next few years, to really follow that structure to really go through the proper channels. And the reason why that is important is because uh, we've kind of relaxed a little bit. And what, what, what happens is when you get a large group of people, you have a varying number of opinions. And any time an issue comes up when you have a lot of opinions, you can run into trouble. And, and kind of what the format has been is anytime there's an issue, well, let's just all talk about it collectively as a group, as a church, and get everybody's opinion. But that's not the most efficient and effective way to handle issues or situations that may arise. And so if you look at out in that uh, hall there, you will see a list of everybody who is on a committee, and there are chairmen of those committees. And I encourage you that if you have a, a question or a problem or a concern or a suggestion for the Building and Grounds Committee, for instance, then go to the chairman of the Building and Grounds Committee and say, hey, here's something that I've been thinking about. That way they can uh, convene a meeting with the rest of the people in the committee and they can talk about all these things and they can decide what we should do going forward. And if they decide it's a good idea, bad idea, change that needs to occur, they've already thought about it. They've talked about it, looked at the good and the bad, and then they will bring that before the church and we all still get a say. But it's a lot easier when you take these groups that we have already put into a, a position of leadership and we allow them to lead. 
And that's just one example, but whatever, uh, whatever uh, scenario it may be, I want to encourage you as a church, as church members, to let's try to go through the proper channel. Let's try to use the structure that we have effectively. If it's a question about finances or a question about something that maybe we should add or a new ministry that maybe we should give to as the church, then you would uh, contact the chairman of the uh, finance committee and they would meet with the finance committee and we uh, would be able to discuss those things behind closed doors and get all those things out with a small group of people and then whatever is needed to be brought before the church can be brought before the church. And it's very important for us to remember that when we elect people to serve in a leadership position and to, and to be over making these decisions, which sometimes could be major decisions, is we need to put a lot of thought into people that we recommend and suggest to lead and to be on committees. And, and, and sometimes we just kind of rush through that, and we don't want to be guilty of just rushing through and putting names on a paper, but we really want to be prayerful about God who has the ability and the strength to, to lead and, and, and make decisions on this committee? If you are uh, serving in a leadership role, I kind of think about it uh, kind of like an elected official. You are a voice for the people. And so as you recommend people and as we uh, establish people to serve on committees uh, going forward, really be prayerful and considerate as to who is going to serve on that committee and serve on, and do that position and if they are going to do a good job there. And so we're trying to uh, simplify and be more effective and, and cut back on, on any kind of issues that may not be necessary. If a small group is able to determine something is a bad idea or determine something is a good idea, then it's going to go a lot smoother going forward than if we just always discuss in a, a large group to get things uh, squared away. And so we want to be uh, more efficient going forward and we want to go through uh, the proper channels as we go forward uh, as a church. And if you hold a position, I've already uh, stated this, but, but try to fulfill your position. Try to, uh, even if you go back and look through our church bylaws, there are some good definitions and outlines of, of kind of what, what each position entails and what's required of you. And if you take a position, whatever that may be, I want you to try your best to fulfill that position. Because as a church, if we all work together collectively to get these things done, whatever it may be, whether it's serving food or whether it's... Uh, making a budget, no matter what our task may be, if we work together as a church and we work collectively, then it will be a lot more efficient and a lot more helpful to us going forward. One, because it doesn't leave one or two people fulfilling all the jobs in the church. We are all part of this body, so we all want to contribute in a way that we can. And sometimes uh, there may be one or two or a handful of people, it seems like, get all the, uh, get all the work, when really in, in churches we need to be uh, willing to all step up and say, hey, is there somewhere that I could help, something that I could do, something that I could be part of? Or maybe you're already part of a, a committee or a position, and you look back and you say, well, I hadn't done a whole lot. Maybe I could ask the chairman or ask the other group, is there other ways that I could help to be uh, more effective? And so as a church, I want us to try to do a good job of, of working together, of pulling together, of, of doing our part so that no one or two people are overloaded, one or two people are burned out to do a better job of rotating different people on uh, different positions and, 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 and throughout the years that we don't have people serving for extended periods of time because it does wear on you after a while. 
Everybody needs a break. Everybody needs a change of scenery. Everybody needs to let their brain kind of arrest from certain things uh, that go on. And these are very practical areas, but just a few simple areas of things that we can be prayerful about and think about going forward. As you look at things that you may be a part of, ask the question, is this is this effective? What, what, what I'm doing, what I'm part of, what I'm leading, what I'm teaching, what I'm preaching, whatever it may be, is this effective and is this efficient? Are we doing the best that we can with what we have got? And we may find that, hey, you know, if we just change this little thing or change that little thing, it may free up some time. It may free up some money. It may give us other opportunities and other uh, abilities to, to take part and be part of this church and part of what's going forward because this is a group effort. As a, as a community that God has called together to serve, it's a group effort. And as we go out into the world and we go boldly and we do these missions and, and we're serious about these things and we're going out with love and we're remembering the grace that God has bestowed on us and we're, and we're going out and we're doing all of these things for the glory of God, if we're, if we're really mindful of how we carry these things out, I believe that we will be more effective as a church. And that's part of it. I know that that's kind of businessy the last few minutes of what we talked about. But as a church, there are certain things that just have to be done to make sure that everything goes on track and, and goes smoothly. And so that's part of what the church council will do going forward. And as a church, I encourage you guys and I challenge you guys to be involved. If you're not involved, I encourage you to be involved whether it's with a ministry or whether it's helping in some way, shape, or form, pray about it, and maybe God will lay something on your heart. Maybe you feel that you're already doing what you should do, but, but if not, just pray about it and see which way God leads you. And as a church, I believe if we all begin to work together and pull uh, in the same direction and we're all uh, effective in what we do, if we're efficient in how we carry out God's work, I believe that we are going to see good change come. And by good change, I mean reaching people for the Lord, bringing new people into the church, bringing lost souls into the church. And with all these things that we've talked about today, maybe your mind is already turning. Maybe you already have some ideas. Maybe you've already had some stuff and you said, I just, don't, I just don't know about this or I just don't know about that. And good. If you've got those ideas, praise the Lord. You can come on March the 18th to the Vision Day Retreat and we can begin to discuss some of these things. But whatever we discuss, whatever direction we move forward that God leads us in in the future, we need to remember that everything we are going to do it's for the glory of God. Every time we come together, every time we go out of these doors, every time we come into these doors, every time uh, that we take part in a ministry, everything we do as Christians and as a church, as Enterprise Baptist Church, we do it for the glory of God. We want to win lost souls to Christ. We want people to know that Jesus loves them, but it requires work on our part. It requires us to be fishers of men. We talked about that a few Wednesday nights ago, that that's what Jesus called the first disciples when he called them. They were fishing. He told them, I want you to leave all your stuff, your net, your boat behind, and I want you to come with me because you're not going to fish for fish anymore, but I'm going to make you fishers of men. And if we're going to be fishers of men, then we have to be prepared to go out and do the work that God has called us to. 
It's called us all to different things. We need to be equipped. Any good fisherman who's going to go out, he's going to have a pole. He's going to have the right bait. He's going to have a net. He's going to have snacks to eat so in case he gets hungry. He's going to have an ice chest to put the fish in. He's going to have everything set up. He's going to have it planned to a T so that he can have an efficient and effective trip so that when he finds the spot where the fish are, he can begin to catch them and he can have the net so when he gets them close to the boat, he wants to make sure they're not going to get away and when he gets them in the boat he puts them in the water and he puts them on ice and all of these things if you're a fisherman all play a part to make sure that you get the catch and as a church and as Christians as we're trying to reach lost souls we need to have all of our equipment ready so that when we begin to reel those people in and we begin to tell them about the love of Jesus Christ, when we get them close to the boat, we want to reinforce that. We want to keep telling them God's word. We want to get that net and we want to scoop them in so that they can hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and be part of God's kingdom. And all of these things we do, we do it for the glory of God. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you this morning and I thank you for these, these words and I pray that you would help us to to be efficient, to be effective as we, as we go forward and do your work, dear Lord. Help us to, to, to use the structure that we've got and try to use it for the best of our ability to bring glory to you, dear Lord. Help us to see if maybe there's areas where we could uh, kind of move some things around, do things a little different, dear Lord. But help us not to forget the fact that everything that we do, we are to do it for your glory. God, that everything that we do, we, we do it by putting love for one another and love for other people above all things, dear Lord. Maybe there are some of us here today and we haven't put, put love above everything. Maybe there are some other things in our life that, that have come first. But dear Lord, help us to replace those things with love. That love that we see through Jesus Christ on the cross, dear Lord. Help us to remember the grace that we have received and, and be faithful to carry out your work knowing that we have received a grace that we don't deserve and we are taking it to a world full of people, God, that don't deserve it either, but you gave it to us freely because you loved us. So help us to be willing to go out and do your love and give to others freely, dear Lord, because you love them and because you have loved us. So help us not to forget, God, where we have come from. Help us not to forget the multitude of sins that we have been forgiven of and help us to be aware of that as we go into a world full of sinners, dear Lord, as you call us to go into the world, even though we are not of the world, dear Lord. Help us to, to see the world where it's at. Help us as a church to be effective to reach the world where it's at, dear Lord. So I pray that you guide us and, and lead us. Help us to, to clearly hear uh, as you speak to us, dear Lord. Help us to clearly discern what is of you and what is of the enemy, God. Help us to be about your work. And God, help us never to be proud. Help us never to think too much of ourselves. But God, help us to humble ourselves before you. And everything we do, let it glorify you. Let the words of our mouth and the actions that we, that we do every day, let them be actions and words that are going to bring glory to you so that Jesus Christ can, can be preached throughout the world and the good news can be heard and lost souls can be saved. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.